as someone who has struggled and still sometimes does struggle with chronic depression for most of my life, I am no stranger to wallowing and exploring the limits of self-pity. I know that there are other phrases for that, but right now that's, that's what's coming up. And what I find most telling about it and what actually has changed the game for me as someone who invested heavily in it and expecting some sort of return on that investment in terms of the energy that I was expending feeling sorry for myself uh, and also the time that I spent that was wasted and not not to be judgmental not to judge myself harshly or to beat myself up emotionally so to speak but really from looking at this as a human being with a finite lifespan who has so much energy and so much time it is astounding to me to look back and there again I don't want to do this in a way to make myself feel bad because in the past, the past is the past in this case. But I also don't want to forget either. It is so important for me not to forget how much of my life I have wasted. Continue, and even when I knew after starting to practice mindfulness that self-pity in of itself and feeling sorry for myself at a certain point really yields no, no, what I would, no return on investment. I'm just kind of using that phrase figuratively versus literally because I think that that's really in this case when I say investing I mean that I'm investing a scarce resource and that's time and energy and that's time and energy that I am not being at my best it's time and energy that I'm not being connected with other people because I'm too lost in my own head with stories and narratives about who I think I am as the person who is suffering the person who has been wronged the person who hasn't caught a break and it the list goes on and on and so I don't want to overdo it or belabor the point but the idea here is first of all and most importantly what I want to say is that anything I'm going to say after this the most important thing I can say today is that I am not above this I am not beyond this while I may speak about how practicing mindfulness for years and for decades has helped me cope more effectively And it's also helped me explore and expose the limits of self-pity and for feeling sorry for myself because I have found for me and for many people I've spoken with and have taught over the years that there are limits to it. There is a point at which it yields nothing. It returns nothing except leaves us in a place where we really are not at our best. We're not taking care of ourselves we're not really being our best selves. We're not really of any of any service to others or to the community. And there's no real way to connect meaningfully and authentically with other people when, in this case, when I'm lost in feeling sorry for myself and feeling like there's something I'm missing out on or comparing my life to others. And a lot of times that's really what this is, is that I have some sort of expectations about how my life should be going what I should have because I am busy paying attention to other people and somehow convincing or have convinced myself that I somehow need to measure up or that I need to be not exactly the same, but I need to at least find myself in, in similar circumstances. And it really just doesn't ever, it's never has worked out that way for me. And I'm not sure I've met many people who can tell me honestly that when they compare themselves to others, 
that they're exactly where they see everyone else at. And I know it's not for me also. It's I realize everyone makes their own choices and knows what's best for them. But I know that investing what little time and energy I do have left in this life, looking at other people and then determining you know who I am versus or vis-a-vis that person or people and where I am in comparison to the to one or more people I know that I'm not really doing myself any good it's it's it, it all really does is give rise to these thoughts give rise to other thoughts about and and also about it, it also contributes to me being emotionally contracted and not really being willing to just be who I am without worrying about whether I'm the same or at least have as much or have done as much or have accomplished as much as other people who are doing something similar to me. So getting back to the main point of why this has been a struggle, and I have spoken about that some here, but this is more along the lines of speaking even more broadly and generally about how mindful pra- mindfulness practice has helped me to be able to cope with this. And I'd say the most important thing that it has done is it has facilitated an awareness that is generally, while it is not 100% perfect and it doesn't always come online the millisecond that I find myself starting to think self-defeating thoughts or thinking thoughts that are going to lead to me beginning to feel sorry for myself or wallowing in my own in my self-pity and considering myself a victim and feeling like life isn't fair. What is interesting about it is that at some point, it, it, it does come online and, and, and because I am human and I'm not perfect and I'm not a machine, sometimes I may be distracted and it may take me a few seconds, a few minutes, possibly under really difficult circumstances, a few hours, I hope not a few days, but I know that in the past, before I started even remotely considering making a real commitment to sustaining an ongoing mindfulness practice that I would spend weeks there and months there, probably even years in that, in that space, feeling sorry for myself, feeling like a victim and feeling like I really, that I somehow did not measure up and that somehow the game wasn't fair. And I believed in the game. I saw this as a game, no matter how much it does not speak well of me or doesn't sound good. That's really what it ends up being. If I'm so busy, if I'm measuring myself against other people and feeling like I should have this or that or should have accomplished this or at this place in life, I'm really making a game out of it because I'm busy comparing myself trying to win. And I do want to say all this with the utmost compassion because I'm not above it. I'm not beyond it. And I do catch myself from time to time. And I'm just a fallible, flawed human being. I'm no different than anyone else that's listening to this or any other human beings that we're all susceptible to this. This is something that is very easy to fall into the trap of believing that, that somehow feeling sorry for ourselves is going to yield something. And it really, what I, what I found is that I, I clearly used to think that it did, even if I didn't explicitly think those thoughts and try to convince myself that this investment of time and energy into feeling sorry for myself that I continue to make without ever really stopping to determine whether it was paying off for me or not, that somehow I must have implicitly believed that there was a payoff and a benefit to this. And otherwise, I just don't see how I would have kept this up for so long. 
So one of the first things that I did after starting to become more aware of this when I was starting to sustain a mindfulness practice, it was very, very simple, and it usually is. It's also incredibly and sometimes painfully difficult to be willing to pay attention to our minds, to what we're thinking, the way that we're talking to ourselves, to be able to see that me feeling sorry for myself and wallowing in self-pity instead of me believing that that's the absolute reality. And that's really what's going on. If I'm not paying attention to what my thinking is looking like and what it's sounding like, quote unquote, I'm going to believe that everything that I think, everything that goes through my head is absolute reality. And I know now that it isn't. And through practicing mindfulness, it's very, it becomes easier to see that just because we think does not mean that we are whatever that is. And People in the East for, you know, thousands of years have known this and it is something that is, it is, it is certainly very freeing, but it also does take practice and it's really, you know, the meditation and mindfulness practice is just really, or just a couple of what I refer to as ancient technologies that are available to any of us who, and that we don't have to be special. We don't have to possess any unique skills or talents. We just have to be willing and open and open and willing to be human. And there are numerous practices that are available to help people begin to realize and see for themselves that everything that they think is not reality and that everything that we believe about what we think reality is, is not reality. It's just a relative representation of it. And I do want to be very careful in that I'm not here to speak about what, you know, what anyone thinks about that, that is, that is reality is not true. And it's really none of my business. At the end of the day, all I could do is determine for myself my, you know, what I am seeing and what I'm believing. And when people ask me these questions, I share freely, but I do understand and respect the fact that everyone ultimately has the opportunity to make this decision for themselves. If what they think is reality, if someone believes that, then they have, I I truly believe that they have a right to believe that. And it's not any of my business to speak about it or to comment on it. Uh, it's really just a matter of me doing my work on myself because I know that's the, the most important thing that I can offer the world is to just continue to do the work on myself. And when people are, are wanting to ask questions and want, want help with this and want to be taught in some way or facilitated, then certainly there's an openness to doing that. But when I found that out for myself, and it was really a matter of taking some time and it didn't happen right away, it is a, it was and it still is a process for me to get used to paying attention to my own mind, watching the thoughts, listening to the thoughts, and then asking myself, is everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling really true at, a, at a, an absolute level? Is it really? And what I be, began to find was that it isn't. And that a lot of it had to do with my own beliefs about myself vis-a-vis other people and comparing myself to other people and seeing myself as a separate entity from other people. There was no way for me to be at one with everyone else because I was so busy focusing on myself as a distinct separate entity. And I realized from a, at a, at a deeper level, yes, we all are separate organisms that uh, have our own nervous systems, but at another level, 
we really are all joined together. We all are part of a community and we all want, you know, all of our energy affects everyone else's energy. And so I know that if I'm going to be my best self and really be of service to others, then I'm going to have to and want to do this work on myself. And so as the years went by after I started practicing, it became, it became easier for, for me to see that a lot of these beliefs about all the things that I had to feel sorry for myself about uh, were just thoughts. And they were all just notions. They were just thoughts that were running through my head. And all I did was it was a habit. It became much easier for me to essentially believe that there was a need for me to feel sorry for myself and somehow that life wasn't fair and that I didn't have what I really needed and wasn't really willing to even appreciate what I did have because I found it to be impossible to do those two things at the same time. If I'm feeling sorry for myself, if I feel like I'm lacking something, these are just thoughts about me lacking something. They're, they're also thoughts about me thinking that there's something that I should have that I don't have. And it's not the absolute truth, at least for me. And once I was able to begin to see that more clearly, I could start to really pick this apart and start to ask myself some of the deepest questions and the most meaningful questions. And a lot of times they were very painful questions because it necessitated me being honest with myself about the fact that this identity that I had created, this persona of someone who felt sorry for themselves and for someone who was wallowing in their own self-pity, that none, very little of the, of the things I was telling myself were really true at all. It just became a habit. And it was a very mindless habit. And the other part of this, besides, you know, it was really kind of a three-step process. First, I had to start paying attention to my mind and start utilizing meditative practices to train myself to actually pay attention to my mind and to listen and to watch what was going on and to watch and listen to how I was speaking to myself. And then it was really a matter of going to the next level once I began to see that the things that generated and caused me to feel sorry for myself were all, they were all caused within myself. They were all self-generated. This was not something that was put upon me by anyone else. No matter how hard it was for me to accept that, that was the truth. I had put myself in that place. I'm the one that decided that I needed to feel sorry for myself and to feel self-pity and to indulge in it and to continue to invest time and energy in the behaviors that are associated with that. And those are what a lot of people in the energetic healing community or in the spiritual community call low energy behaviors or being in a low vibrational state. Uh, There are obviously other words for this that are used in the clinical community and just in the community at, at large. And really what it's called doesn't really matter. It's all really the same thing in my mind. It's this this thing that we've talked ourselves into somehow. And I'm not saying that there are not reasons to feel badly for ourselves. And I realize there are numerous situations where people have been treated very unfairly that are in circumstances that are very, very difficult. And I'm not really speaking about that. I'm talking, in this case, about things that, you know, if we have what we need and can at least survive, then this is really what I'm speaking about. This is more of what I call the garden variety of these types of behaviors. These are when the, when there are things to be thankful for and that somehow I'm not able to see them because I'm too busy thinking thoughts about feeling sorry for myself in some way. 
And what I find, the third thing that I have discovered, and this was really, I guess, the, you know, in terms of the questioning, was really the second part of this, starting to really ask myself, do I really have a legitimate reason to feel sorry for myself? Is there really something that I'm lacking that I can point to and say that I deserve this or that? And if I don't have it, then do I really, is this something that is really true? Do I really need, is this worth whatever it is that I'm feeling sorry for myself about? Is it worth continuing to indulge in that at the cost of me living in a more unhealthy way, being very disconnected from other people and from the community, resenting other people for what they have and wishing that I was someone else besides who I actually am. Was this really worth it? Was there really any payoff? And if so, what was it? And I began to see that there really wasn't any payoff at all for this, that this really was just resulting in me continuing to decline physically and emotionally and mentally to the point that it became much harder to be around people. It became much more difficult to be in social situations. And that's not to say that, you know, beginning to feel sorry for ourselves in some way is going to result in us becoming reclusive and pulling away from people. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I guess what I am saying or I am definitely saying is that if this becomes a habitual behavior over the long term, it can begin to take over our lives in a certain way. And I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone, but I know for me, that's where I found myself. And so I definitely, because of that, I definitely want to make sure that I'm continuing to stay on top of and really pay attention to my mind so that I don't start getting into a locked into some kind of a loop of feeling sorry for myself. And then really thirdly, what has really helped is, and this is all basically built upon the base of a sustained mindfulness practice of just being aware of what I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. I began to get more comfortable oh, after a while and after a period of time where I could begin to explore the limits of self-pity. And I could begin to start exploring what the actual payback was, if any. And I really didn't find it. What I did find was, I guess, if there were if there were any payoffs, they were negative. And sometimes that was basically in, in, a, in sort of a mindless way, in an unconscious way. Maybe I really did want to feel sorry for myself. Maybe I did not want to feel good about myself because it was a way of escaping my responsibilities to other people. It was a way of taking the easy way out and retreating from the world and retreating from life. And there again, not to judge myself harshly, but I know that that's really where I ended up. It, was, it became a way of life. And it wasn't paying any dividends at all. It wasn't doing me any good whatsoever. And I began to find that there really, the, you know, I could actually indulge in this to the point of putting all of my time and energy into it. And really all that was going to result was me beginning to live less of an effective life. I was certainly not living a happy life. I was certainly certainly not living an inspiring life or a meaningful life. And I certainly wasn't doing anyone any good, Include most importantly, including myself, because I was making myself miserable first and then radiating, radiating that misery, misery outwardly so that I became to, you know, I really came to a place where I'm sure my negative energy affected other people. Maybe they didn't necessarily realize it, consciously, 
but I have to believe that that's the case because as human beings, we are much more tuned into these unconscious energies that happen between people than we ever realize. And what I found was is that it's almost as if I was convincing myself that I was going to be disappointed with life, that somehow life was never going to be quite what I thought it was. And so I woke up one day and found myself being a very miserable, negative person because of the fact that I had chosen to practice these things which were self-defeating. Instead of practicing mindfulness, instead of practicing being more awake and being more open, and being more enlightened in some way, and really all that is, it's not as it's not as high sounding as it seems. It's really just a matter of enlightenment itself does not have to be this unattainable lofty goal. It can also be getting to a place where we can appreciate the things that are extraordinarily ordinary that one of my teachers used to refer to life as, that I could actually enjoy all the blessings and all the good things because I was choosing to be here without indulging in the need to feel sorry for for myself when the urge came up to do that or when the inclination came up to do it. And that's really what ended up happening was is that, and it still happens even today, there are times, and I know it's never really going to end, but that's okay because that's the way that our brains are wired. It That one of the ways in which we, we, we respond to things can be feeling sorry for ourselves, compare, you know, that results from comparing ourselves to others, trying to determine where we are in life or who we are in life when we compare ourselves against other people. These are all just habits, and the more that we've done it, the more easy that it is to do this unconsciously without even realizing that I'm doing it. And so when I began to realize that all of this was really just wasting my time and energy, and then I began to look back And there again, not to make myself feel bad about the choices that I'd made because I couldn't change them. These are choices that I made in the past. And by doing this, I found myself really in a place where not only had I hurt myself, but I had alienated other people. I put people at a distance. I really wasn't comfortable being really vulnerable and open and intimate with other people because I had been too cut off and emotionally contracted because I was busy being the person that somehow needed to feel sorry for themselves in some way. And when I began to free myself from that, it was really just a matter of realizing there wasn't anything really fancy or complicated that I needed to do other than really just be aware. And once I knew and realized and fully had, uh, when I had fully given myself over the fact that this is just a choice that I can choose to make or not, that I really had the power to make that choice, then I could really just live in the moment and be as authentic as I possibly could. And just really, and and there's nothing that I needed to try to do except just be who I am. And once in a while, when those old habits begin to show themselves again, and I get those that inclination to want to feel sorry for myself, I can just basically realize, oh, there I go again. This is what I'm doing. I don't have to believe it. I can see the thought for what it is and not attach myself to it and not identify with it. And what I found is that it's a lot easier to be with people and love people unconditionally when I'm not really wrapped up in comparing myself to them. If I want to, I can find all kinds of reasons to make myself feel bad about who I am, what I look like, 
what I'm doing with my life, where I am in my life, what I've done before now, uh, if I choose to, and it really does not help me at all. It's not to say that I, and the more that I try not to do these things, the more that I, if I, if I put at front and center, trying not to do these things, trying not to feel sorry for myself, trying not to wallow in self-pity, the more that means I'm putting energy back on it again. I'm towards it. I'm I'm basically investing my time and energy again in being focused on it and by trying not to do it. And it's almost in a way I can spend as much time and energy trying not to do it as I do actually doing it. So really what I want to do is just where the focus is where I want to invest my time and energy, so to speak, is in paying attention to my mind because that's where everything starts. If I'm going to suffer, if I'm going to begin to take on an identity that is unhealthy and is not the true reality of who I am, it's all going to start in my mind. And so the only thing that I can really do to help myself, to help free myself from these limiting beliefs is to pay attention to my mind in an ongoing and sustained way. And I have to be able to do it day in and day out. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to do it every moment. But the more that I practice it, the more likely I am to begin to catch myself in the act of these self-defeating thoughts and beginning to feel sorry for myself or wallowing in self-pity where I can just let these things go and realize they're just notions. They're just thoughts in my head. And then I can begin to just live and no longer really need to worry about whether I'm whether life is fair for me or not, whether things are going my way or not, you know, where I'm whether I'm far enough along. Because what I usually find is if I will cut myself a little bit of slack, I'm further along and making more progress than I probably have ever realized. But I'm not able to see it always only because I have created a long-term habit of being harder on myself than I really need to be and not seeing all the good and not seeing all the efforts that have been made in all the subtle ways in which I've grown because I am too busy investing my energy in feeling badly for about myself and who I am and where I am. And I really don't want to, I no longer want to invest any of those precious resources in these things. And all I really have to do in order to do that is just pay attention every moment, realizing sometimes I may slip a little bit, but then all I need to do is just start paying attention again. It's not complicated. It certainly can be painful and difficult, but it is something that can be sustained over the long term for the rest of my life if I choose to do so.